Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Good morning, good evening, or good night to you all. Whatever time of day it is, welcome to episode two of the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. My name is David Henry. I am the founder and teacher over at LearnStageLighting.com. And today, I've got a really exciting podcast for you. We're continuing our basic look at lighting, where we're starting from the very basics and talking about, okay, how do we start with stage lighting? What do we need? How do we use it? How does it work? And um, what are some tips along the way? And so we want to continue this podcast. In the first podcast, we talked about, hey, what are the parts of a lighting system? Like, what do we need to make our stage lighting work? And now here in episode two, I want to talk all about control. So in episode one, we dove into the fact that most of the time when you're working with lighting, you're going to have some kind of console, some kind of control. And we kind of left it there. And so I want to take a quick step back, review what we've already learned, and then continue talking about, okay, how do we control our lights? What do we need to control them? And then, you know, once you get a lighting console, I just spoiled it a little bit, um, what kind of console do you need? Because there are just so many consoles out there. And, you know, for beginners, I think, and I know that, that choosing a console can be one of the most overwhelming, but also most important things. And so show notes for today's episode are available at learnstagelighting.com slash 002. That's learnstagelighting.com slash 002. Too, so don't forget about that. Anything I reference in today's show will be found right there. And so, why do we need a console? After all, if you look at most lights, whether they're you know an LED light, a, a moving light, um, if you're looking at the entry level, most of the lights that you buy or are looking at are going to be able to run either in an auto program or a sound active mode. So, What's wrong with that? Well, there, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. In fact, you know, an auto program that, that changes through some different colors can be really useful if you're just setting some lights up in a lobby and, and you just want them to do something to bring some interest to the room. Um, and sound active mode can be useful at times, perhaps, if you want the lights to react to the music. But what you're going to find is if you've ever gone by an outdoor venue or gone by somebody playing music somewhere, you know, playing some acoustic music with lights in sound active mode, they're just strumming away there on the guitar, you know, playing a nice slow song, and those lights are just wigging out and strobing and moving and changing colors, and we get this disconnect where what we see coming out of the lights does not match the music, and so that's why sound active mode is... is really not what we want to do. We really want to aim higher than that when we're creating lighting, when we want to create great lighting, because you can go ahead and you can run out there and spend, you know, a bunch of money on a bunch of lights and say you buy 10 lights or even less than that, four lights, and then you run them in sound active mode. Well, I can tell you, even with some basic control in place, 
you know, remove one of those lights and, and buy a console, and you're going to have the look of so much better, a, a so much better look of a light show by just implementing a little control versus leaving them in sound active mode and letting them strobe and be crazy. And so real control, having actual control of your lighting, and, and some consoles can implement some sound active mode, but having the ability to control that and to tailor that to your specific needs is essential if you want to create lighting that impacts people and amplifies what the people on stage are doing. And, and when we're working with stage lighting, you know, that's really our, our core goal. That's what we're trying to do, right? We're, we're taking what the musicians, what the worship band, what the club band, what the pastor, what the DJ, whoever's on stage, we're taking whatever energy they're pushing out and we're going to amplify it with the lighting. We're going to match what they're doing and amplify it. And so having a lighting console, having some kind of control is essential to having that level of control. And I hear you saying, I might, you know, hear you saying right behind me, whoa, 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 David, you know, I don't have a budget to go spend, you know, a thousand dollars on a lighting console. You know, I don't have the budget to pay somebody to run lights for me. You know, I don't, you know, I've got, you know, six lights. There's, I, I'm not going to pay somebody to come and set them up and run them for me. You know, I might as well leave them in sound active mode, right? Not right. And so this is where I want to take a little bit of shift in this podcast and talk about, okay, what lighting console do you need for your application? And I'm, I'm going to link to a post as well in the show notes that just talks you through the different types of consoles and helps you decide what one is best for your needs. So when we go down the lighting rabbit hole of history, there's a couple things we see. You know, five, ten years ago, you pretty much had hardware-based consoles. These were, you know, consoles that had faders. Some of them may run a software that you can, you know, program some stuff with. Some were very basic. And you would learn to work with that console to to bring up various lights and, and change colors and whatnot. Um, but the standalone consoles didn't have a lot of customizability. On the other end of the spectrum, you may be familiar with PC or software-based consoles. And, you know, you think about a software-based console, especially the early ones a number of years ago. And, you know, it was really slow. You had to program with a mouse and and playback. You know, you, you could do a lot of things, but it was a lot slower to work with, a lot slower to a lot slower to set up your lighting and and difficult to play it back. And these are really the pros and cons, okay? You know, there's going to be PC software-based consoles that, that may have some physical fader hardware or not. And then there's hardware consoles where the benefit is that, you know, if the computer crashes or whatnot, you know, you don't have to worry about anything going on because there's no external computer. And so you might be asking yourself, okay, well, what do I need? Do I need a PC-based console? You know, often these are cheaper. You know, there's free software out there, etc. And then you might also be thinking, okay, well, I really want the hardware. I want to be able to touch faders, to be able to touch 
buttons and when I touch those things that I've programmed play back and so which is it which is the best well obviously um, there's so many consoles out there and this is a wonderful thing about our modern age is there's so many different consoles out there so many options that you know I can't make a blanket statement but I'm gonna go through a few examples of some great consoles that I really like and I think help people create incredible lighting without um, a lot of friction, without a lot of learning curve. And so, you know, generally my recommendation for a lot of people is to go with a PC-based software. And I'm going to link to a post in the show notes about how to set up your PC and uh, so that you don't have to worry about it crashing. You don't have to worry about Windows updates popping in and, and shutting your show down. You don't have to worry about some of the other issues. I'll show you how to set up a PC really well. And then have that PC have some hardware with it. Because that way you get the best of both worlds, right? You get the flexibility of being able to program on the PC and have that on-screen display and be able to do some more complex things. But you have the live action of being able to press buttons and have things happen in real time with your show and with the music that you're following. So one of my favorite consoles for basic band or basic church lighting is Entex DMXs. Now, this little box is uh, under $300 US, and I'll have a link to it in the show notes, of course. And the great thing about DMXs is you buy the box, you download the software, which is free essentially you need the box to get dmx output and so you you pay for the box and the license is stored on there and you're able if you're a band to program out each of your songs you know maybe program out a few different cues or presets as they're called in dmx's and then you're able to have those follow along with your show you can either tap them with a quarter inch foot pedal just a standard like keyboard sustain pedal or you can go ahead and use a program called Show Buddy from you can use a program called Show Buddy or use a DAW like Ableton Live to trigger them automatically with tracks you may be playing with your music. And I recommend this as well for basic church lighting because it's one of the most volunteer friendly consoles out there. Now you can only do one DMX universe, but it's simple to bring in your fixtures and, you know, move faders up and down to create the looks you want, store them into presets, and then simply clicking on these presets is going to fade the next one in. And with DMXs, you can even add in some hardware if you want later to be able to program a button to activate various presets, program some faders to change things on the fly, etc., and of course, like any piece of software that I'm going to recommend, it's rock solid and it doesn't crash. Um, as long as you, again, set up your computer well, you're not going to have any stability problems with this software. One of my other favorites, if you're trying to grow maybe from that basic point, is Entech's D-Pro software, okay? And I promise I'm not just a straight-up Entech fanboy, but I like to find good consoles and lead you guys to them. So, yes, I do work with Entech. However, um, Entech and I, we, we came together and we started working together after I was already promoting DMXs and how much I liked it. And D-Pro is their 
upgrade to DMXs per se. It's when you've used up DMXs when you know it becomes too laborious to program because you've got so many fixtures in there, or you just want to be able to have a little bit more control. DPro allows you to have basically DPro basically allows you to have the feature set of a more advanced console, the ability to play back lots of different things at once, run a show really quite live, use MIDI controllers, etc. But the learning curve on DPro is not that difficult. It's not like a full-on professional console. And and so that's one of the things I really like. One of the other things I love about it is that there's a program with it, a separate program, where you're able to just show, bring up the show control, the playback window, and have all of the programming locked out. So you can have it in a restaurant, you can have it at a club, you can have it at a church, and keep it locked out so that people can't mess with the programming. And so that is is super helpful as well. Now, for somebody who's looking to take it up a notch a little bit further, another favorite piece of software I have is Martin MPC, or the M-Series consoles. And there's a lot of professional consoles out there, and I've worked with the guys at Martin too, but again, I found their software, found their console, and started using it before we ever worked together. And one of the things I like about it is you get a full-on professional-level console. Okay, so the learning curve is quite steep, but the ability to do things on the fly, the ability to change things around, to program as the show's going, to fade things in and out, and have total control over every parameter of every light in your show is there for a really reasonable cost. In fact, if you just want to do it just on the PC, you can get started for really inexpensive for like less than a hundred bucks. And so... That's a really exciting piece of software as well. And so these are not all of the consoles, not all the pieces of software, not all the hardware out there. But I just wanted to give you kind of an overview in today's podcast of some of the things that you will see and some of the and some of the consoles that you may be looking at if you're trying to figure out what console is right for you. And so I hope this helps guys. Um, I'm going to link again in the show notes at learnstagelighting.com slash 002. Some posts about all the consoles I've talked about here, some resources about choosing your first console. Okay, how do you do that? And again, if you guys are looking for a little bit more personalized feedback, if, if you, you know, aren't sure which console to go with and, and, and maybe need some help getting your lighting set up, etc., Consider joining Learn Stage Lighting Labs. Now, I'm going to have some links in the show notes to this as well, but if you're unfamiliar, Learn Stage Lighting Labs is where I go deeper with people and I'm able to work with you guys on an individual basis, plus have a library of training videos to help you guys learn to to use lighting and to really maximize lighting in, in whatever context you work in. So be sure to check that out as well. And now it's time to dive in to our Learn Stage Lighting mailbag. Welcome back to our mailbag. This is the part of the show where I dive into the emails that people send through our contact form at learnstagelighting.com slash contact and answer a few. And so 
Um, today, I kind of want to answer some more questions um, that talk about consoles to give you maybe a little bit more of a glimpse into how to choose a console and, and how to really work with things. And so Victor wrote in and he said, hey, I'm currently using Martin MPC along with an Entech DMX Pro uh, Mark II. And he's been curious about, is it possible to use any physical um, faders or buttons through MIDI or DMX? How does this work? And so, Victor, um, you may be familiar with, first of all, um, you know, Martin's USB hardware, their M-Touch and M-Play. And those are really great options to get faders. Now, I see you've actually been through a Martin webinar, and so I've seen that in my email program. And so let's talk about MIDI control. Okay, because this is how you're going to get control from M-Series, um, MIDI or USB, or rather, or DMX M. And so, on the MIDI side of things, um, with the USB Pro Mark II, I believe you can activate that MIDI input, and then M-Series will see that as a MIDI input. Or, the easier and simpler way that most newer MIDI devices work with is, you just get a newer MIDI piece of hardware, you know, whether that be a keyboard, a, a set of faders, whatever. And that piece of MIDI hardware, if it's any bit recent, is going to have a USB port on it, a USB plug to connect to your computer. Then the input's going to come in via USB MIDI, and you can then use a great utility called RD, Ricardo Diaz, MPC Tools. I'm going to link to that in the show notes, Victor, okay? And so... You're able to use MPC tools as a bridge to customize what you want to assign your MIDI controller to do inside of MPC. All right. Now, on the DMX inside of things, you can go ahead and run DMX in either through a Martin MDMX box or you can also use Artnet input to get a DMX input. And the way that that works, you can set it up on the DMX settings screen or look that up at controllersupport.martin.com. And you're able to actually set up any DMX console that's got faders, set all those faders to basically regular channels or whatever you want to do, and then have control over MPC playbacks via the DMX input. So I hope that helps, Victor. All right. And Daniel also wrote in and said, I'm a VJ and digital artist, and he's just starting with lighting. Um, he's been studying some of the various pieces of console software, trying to, to figure out um, what's best for him. And he'd like to know, hey, Daniel's asking, can I design, can I program in one console and then export that show to another brand of console? Or do I have to recreate my show in, in any console that I'm going to run? into. And so Daniel was asking specifically about Martin and uh, Grand MA2. Um, and so the short answer um, is no. But let me elaborate on that a little bit. So every you know console is going to have its different ways of programming, its different ways of storing its data. Whether it's the most basic, you know, Intech DMXs or a simple hardware controller or a simple hardware controller like the Shave Obey 40. They all have different ways of storing their data, and all of that's proprietary. So there's no way to simply press export all your cues and, and bring them in to some other console. Now, with that said, um, 
One thing you are able to do with some consoles, such as uh, MA2, I know for sure, Martin may be able to do this as well, is some consoles allow you to stream in DMX, so send DMX out of your one console into your other console and record that DMX just as basic values. So if you're in a pinch and you needed to play back a, a recorded show and you could just literally play it in actual time, you know, and record that into cues, some consoles are going to be allow you to do that, but it's not going to be the same when you go to edit it as if you created the show on that console. It's not going to be quite as fluid. And so my recommendation to you is, you know, either get your own console set up, a PC-based setup, whatever, where you can, you know, use that to run your own lighting show. But if you're going to be running into different, you know, festivals, maybe different venues um, and into different consoles, then you're probably going to want to just create a basic starter file that, that's got your things in it, and then, this is a little more advanced, but clone the house rig, clone whatever lighting rig you're running into, into your show file. And so, hope that helps uh, Daniel as well. Again, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. Show notes for this episode are at learnstagelighting.com slash zero, zero, two, and I'll see you guys on the next episode. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. Be sure to visit us at LearnStageLighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.